0: Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a conversation I recently recorded with Sarita Soltz. Of course, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that Sarita is a repeat guest here on the Exec MBA Podcast, and I was excited to welcome her back on the pod to talk a little bit more about a recent workshop she hosted for women in our Executive MBA program. Over the course of this conversation, we talk more about that workshop as well as how Sarita and her career development colleagues support our executive format students. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Sarita Saltz. Sarita, welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks, Brad. Brad. I'm so happy to be here.
0: I should probably say welcome back to the podcast. This is uh, the second, third episode that you've been on on the Executive MBA podcast. You have
1: a very good memory <laughs> <laughs> because I know you've done a lot of these.
0: <laughs> so um, you are on the podcast today to talk about some of the recent... Uh, career initiatives you've done for women in our executive MBA program, and maybe a few other things. Uh, So um, let's talk about some of the work you've been up to, uh, recent highlights for you um, from the past few months.
1: Yeah, great. So recently, I'll tell you how all of this has started. So uh, we actually have a team that is cross-functionally Based And we have folks from admissions programming, the programming side that includes faculty and staff, as well as career services, working on how we would we can make the executive MBA program the best program for women. And with some of the key things that we've been focused on is around this idea of content that would include career services content. We've also been working on the idea of how we really help the women create community and network a lot faster, because research shows that women do not network as much as men. And then the last thing that we are really focused on, or the third pillar, is this idea of showcasing, which is about showcasing women leaders and role models for the executive women who are here. So that, that kind of includes this idea of having women as leadership speakers making sure that our cases have women protagonists and those kind of things. But to your question about what specifically we are doing with career services is we have done some content uh, that is based on what we know that women would really be helpful for them as they think about their careers and moving forward. So we so far have delivered a, a career ed course on negotiations for women. And what I will tell you is it was very, very highly attended. And what was great about the session, and I think the, the key piece about it is, is that we included a VP of HR who came in and also spoke about what, how to negotiate. And we actually did a role play with one of our CDC colleagues and our HR uh, person, VP of HR, around how to negotiate your salary. So it was a very lively discussion, and we've kind of followed some uh, a whole bunch of research-based uh, um, ideas on how to do that. And what's interesting is is that when you think about negotiations, the latest research research says that women negotiate as much as men, but they aren't getting as much as men in terms of the sal- their their salary or their outcomes. So that was what we were really working with our women on to to help them do that. And what I will tell you is, is we've had a number of students who, female students, have successfully negotiated very high salaries because we do track this. And uh, they have done shout outs about how important this has been and how helpful too. So um, if anyone is interested in learning a little bit more, or you may ask me a little bit later in the podcast about what specifically are those key hints and tricks, I'd be more than happy to share. The second piece that we're working on is we are doing some content around leveraging design thinking on how to think about your life and your career. So we did do about a month ago a workshop on that I, I named Life Design Retreat. And we had about one-third of the class of 2019 women executive MBAs. Join in by word of mouth and attend. And then we had a couple of 20s from the class of 20, and then a couple of folks who are going to be starting in the class of 21. And that session was, uh, gosh, I mean, we did, we leveraged design thinking. We developed three five year odyssey plans. We uh, leveraged radical collaboration with each other to really help each other. Prototype and come up with new and different ideas. That session has been the highest recorded, uh, highest rated net promoter score session that we've delivered to my knowledge to date. So we are planning on repeating, uh, uh, obviously, all of these sessions and then continuing to add to it as we move forward.
0: So let's go back to the negotiations. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm curious because, you know, men and women listening to this podcast, you know, are probably interested. I think this is hard for people generally. Maybe some people, it comes to them more naturally. It can be hard to ask for something. If somebody's offered you something, do you see? There's like a lot of emotional stuff around this particular transaction. So, What are some tips, tricks that that came out of the workshop that you did?
1: Yeah. So the most important thing, I'm glad you asked since I sort of teed it up. Um, One of the most important things that we really did stress in the workshop is to know your value, particularly if you're doing a negotiation around your salary and or a job offer. And a job offer really is total compensation, not just salary. I should mention that so so that requires a little bit of networking and uh, you know pay, taking the calls from recruiters, going out and looking at Glassdoor and other uh, other websites to find salary information, talking with your fellow uh, colleagues in your company about what they're making and What is interesting about what the research says is men know what their colleagues are making and women don't. So while women will network, they don't necessarily network in sometimes the same way, and they don't necessarily know the same information. So we really did stress this idea of networking to know your value. So that would be number one. Number two, um, one of the key things is is this idea around creating and making it a communal negotiation. And this can be really effective if it's not necessarily something that you absolutely know what you want, and you might have something you want to work on with somebody. So it might be that you're going to go into the, the session and, um, and say, you know, uh, I know we, what we, we both really want is to really move this company forward. And one of the ways that we can do this is X, Y, and Z. Uh, what I'm really hoping is, is we could work on this together to figure out what might be the best way to do this. So you could use this in a negotiate, in any kind of negotiation. It tends to work really well to create this idea of a community kind of negotiation rather than I'm this female and I'm demanding this because it doesn't necessarily sometimes work as well. So that's one way. I will tell you that the, um, the uh, residential MBA women, their GWIB um, a club, their women's club. They also leveraged this content and delivered a fire chat kind of session around it. And um, it was also one of the highest attended workshops that they've done. So they really stressed also this idea around these, these kind of techniques can be used by to your point by both men and women. It's not just um, but you have to kind of read your audience, right? can you go in and be aggressive or not? Does it make more sense because the culture is collaborative to be more collaborative? Those kind of things.
0: Yeah. There's been so much discussion, I feel like on LinkedIn and different places about salary and talking about salary at work, the benefits, and it can be a sensitive topic. Um, How do you get students comfortable with, with broaching that conversation? Because even with friends, there can be like a, is this taboo to talk about this? Is it okay for me to talk about this with you? I mean, how do you get people comfortable with that?
1: Yeah, so I think it really, it really comes um, from having trusted relationships at work. So it's not like something that you're going to just say, hey, by the way, today, I need to go find out my value <laughs> and go ask your fellow colleagues. It, it's it's about, I mean, studies show that if you have a best friend at work, you're more likely to stay. So it's more about having a number of best friends at work and, and asking. And what is interesting is men in t- typically tend to ask more than women do regarding that. So it's, you kind of have to, I think, s- feel out the situation and decide if it makes sense or not. Um, so, Yeah.
0: So I'm curious about bringing design thinking principles to uh, approaching sort of career pathing and thinking about next steps. I mean, what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, If we were there with you in the workshop, talk about some of the things that you did.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what I'll tell you what is so interesting. So I'm going to go like regress a little bit on this idea of design thinking. So for me, this was a design thinking project to do the workshop. And the whole idea of design thinking is to prototype things in a low risk way to learn. And that is because there's not just one future you, there are multiple future yous. You could be going and doing, you could go be a career coach or you could be a workshop facilitator or you could, um, or, or something else. So, I actually had had a conversation before I delivered this workshop about two, three months ago with one of my key mentors, who is this most amazing woman who is so, I, I've just stayed in touch with her since I worked at Coca-Cola because I come from a corporate background. And I was, we were talking and she was explaining to me how she's flying to DC. She's doing this big uh, workshop out at the Salamander Resort. And I was like telling, you know, I really like that coaching. I like the one-on-one. I don't think I like the delivering workshops. And so we had this, I, I didn't think I would like it. So then what happened was, is I went to a design in your life, design thinking workshop myself, and one of my prototypes was to test doing this, just to see. Because I thought, I, I love this one-on-one coaching. Am I going to like delivering workshops? So I go, um, I went and did that. And then my first idea of how I was going to deliver this workshop was to go do it in my home with my friends for free. Because that would be really low risk, Right. So, you know, and then I'd get feedback from them and I'd be able to find out whether it makes sense or not. Do do my girlfriends find this valuable? So as I went through this process, though, what ended up happening is, again, I think I mentioned this, one third of the class of 2019. My friends didn't sign up. So then I started asking some of the 2019s and then I get one third of the class signed up. So my boss is saying, yeah, gosh, we really should do this at the Darden Sands Family Grounds. Let's really make it more of an official kind of workshop. If you had asked me in the beginning, though, as I'm starting to prototype this, that I would be delivering this test workshop at here and to one third of the class of 2019s, I would have been like, oh my goodness, wow. You know, that's not really a prototype. That's maybe more like a real deal. So it just goes to show you how as you start to prototype and do things, the action creates outcomes and learning that moves you along In and in, 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 in you either learn that you're going to like doing it or you're not going to like doing it particularly regarding things as you think about what career path you want to go in. So that idea of prototyping is, is front and center to the whole idea of design thinking. The other thing that I would say is this idea of radical collaboration. So during the day, we had, we had all these women in the room. They went through and developed three, five, five, uh, three five-year odyssey plans. It included their professional plan and their personal actions. And the first Odyssey plan was I continue the way I'm going. The second Odyssey plan is uh, what if my current job completely goes away and I need to do something different? And the third one is, hey, sky's the limit, no money issues, you can do whatever you want to do. So and then what we did is everyone took some action out of, each, out of one of those plans and and we put it up on poster board and we everybody walked around the room and added to the ideas and so then everybody got collaborating with each other about it. And it was amazing some of the different things that people started talking about and what they were going to do. And then um about uh, last weekend I think it was, we did a follow-up call with the attendees just to have everybody kind of come in and share where whether where they might need help or and or some of the success that we're having. So we're really looking at this as being kind of an ongoing kind of I guess, group that can come together and support each other throughout their executive MBA program and beyond.
0: So um, I'm curious. So it sounds like you, it stretched you to do this kind of- (laughs) Absolutely. So, um, you know, you love the individual counseling, that one-on-one interaction. When you think about delivering a workshop like this, how do you define success? I mean, because it can be like a long, long time before maybe somebody executes on this plan. So how do you think about that?
1: Yeah, so it depends on whether you're talking about personal success or outcome success, right? From a personal perspective, it was a huge success for me because I went in thinking I didn't think I was going to really like delivering a workshop, and I learned something new about me, which is I loved it. So now I've got another future possibility of me to go after regarding my career, which is to do more of this, okay? And when it when you think about it from the students, what were the outcomes from it? So I think in general, what we're trying to do with all of this is really to create a strong sense of Darden community for our women, to really help them be engaged and supported, and not just in, and, and not just in a personal way, but in a professional way. And so that they so that they get the outcomes that they want, because what we do tend to see is women, when they start enroll, when they start um, here, they are more concerned about work life balance and about the financial commitment than men. So how can we help them? How can we create that support as well as help them get where they want to go regarding their outcomes? So we have just started on this program, but that's why I think it's really important to kind of follow up with them regarding their their outcomes and keep sort of it being a group that can stay in touch with each other as they go throughout the program. What I will tell you too, though, is, is that we got a whole bunch of really strong testimonials about the workshop about how it was a, a, a it was just a changed. It was so they were so happy to spend the day thinking about themselves, as opposed to always being uh, thinking about others. So the quote the quotes and the comments that we got out of the survey feedback were just uh, fantastic.
0: So. Um- Obviously, there's a broader strategy at play, too, right? As a career development team, um, you support the 130, 35 students per class. You know, here you do individual counseling, you do programming. You know. talked about both, both of those opportunities. You, you know, facilitate networking. How do you see, you know, the things that we've talked about here fitting into that broader strategy?
1: Yeah, so uh, that brings up a really good point about really what are those three, the three key buckets that career services tends to provide, which is career education, number one, number two, advising, coaching and advising, and number three, helping you develop your community and network within your fellow students, but also within the broader Darden uh, community and alumni. So I think this really falls under, really, when you think about it, um... It actually ends up falling under all three buckets now that I think about it <laughs> as I'm thinking about it right now. Under, I would have initially slotted it under career education because it is about helping you explore and learn about what you want to do and be in your career um, and in your life. It also kind of helps facilitate this idea of one-on-one coaching because during the workshop and during your time at Darden, you're going to be meeting with other folks, other students, you're going to be coaching each other, you're going to be learning from each other. And a lot of times we we do a lot of work in triads during the day so that you're sharing and learning from the participants in the room.
0: So you mentioned a cross-functional team of admissions, career, student, uh, program leadership. I'm curious about what attracts you to this work and why you have enjoyed being part of this team that's thinking about the experience of women in our executive MBA program.
1: Yeah, so I'll tell you what, I come from a corporate background. So I have an MBA and uh, went and worked in corporate America up till about two years ago. And in that process of um, kind of thinking about my career, I made a major career switch. I and I made actually a couple of them. I started out in IT consulting. I then went into marketing, getting a, a really more of a concentration MBA in that area, marketing strategy. And then, as I was thinking about my career and where I wanted to go next, I got to director marketing level. I'm I'm thinking there is more to this than what I've been doing so far. I went back and did a an, an, and and um, and got with my alumni career services at my school. And really did a whole bunch of um, kind of self-assessment reflection about what it is that I really enjoy about my career and not. And so that's what led me into kind of making this switch into doing more of this coaching. And in making the switch, I didn't know the term back then, but I essentially was prototyping it because what I did is I requested a switch from marketing into HR where then I was able to work on culture change around innovation, inclusion, and diversity. So that background then sort of opened this all up for me. I was also the leader of our women's networking group at my company. So it, it just sort of happened as I've gone, where I've sort of volunteered to do different things, which in essence is a prototype and learned that I really have passion about it because I what I really am passionate about is to helping other 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 women and men learn much more quickly than I have to help them figure out what they want to do with their career and get ahead. So I guess that's really
0: yeah. Really so I mean, in in a lot of ways, um, your path parallels our some of our students' paths, right? They come here, they. You know, they think they might be open to a switch. They need to figure out exactly what that is, some self-reflection, you know, networking information. I mean, it sounds like you can relate to that.
1: Yes. Yes. It's why I love this job.
0: (laughs) So, um... I'm curious also, I mean, for those of us, I mean, I, I see you meeting with our colleagues, you know, talking in this sort of cross-functional team that you referenced. Um, what have been some of the things that y'all have been most energized about as a, as a group? I mean, you're, a lot of the planning and thinking that y'all are doing is very blue sky, like, you know, best of all possible worlds. But I'm curious about the, the things that you've encountered as you've had those conversations that you know, have really been exciting for you.
1: So, you know, I think it's really just so I, first of all, thank you, Brett, for the fact that you refer admitted students over to us to have conversations because that's I, I just love having conversations with students to even help them decide, does it make sense to do the, the executive MBA or not? Um, so I think what's most um, interesting and or inspiring is having those having those kind of conversations and really making a difference for someone and helping them figure out what they want to want to go do so regarding the team and what we also group i've been really um i think inspired by um well, Catherine Alfred is working on a lot of different activities. So if you haven't seen hers regarding different events and things like that, then obviously reach out to either Catherine, Brett or me and, and, and we can help you get connected. Um, and then I would say that the design, the, the life design retreat has really been, um, I, I did not under, I did not realize how much of an impact it could really have. So the feedback and everything, I've just been so excited about that. I know that some of the folks on the faculty, staff, um, program side of the team are very excited about providing different ways to support women, particularly this idea of having families participate and come in. Like we're we're, we're working on having a lot more different events and programming so that. You know, we get to know your families and your kids because that's a big part of your your life, too, outside of Darden. It should be part of your life inside of Darden, too. So I think that's probably the other big area that we're pretty excited about.
0: Yeah, to me, the fact that y'all are having these conversations is emblematic of a broader truth about the program. And that is that people care deeply about the student experience for our executive MBA students. And I think... I think that might be surprising to some of our prospective students because I think when you look at the market, generally executive MBA market, it's all about convenience. And it's so much about you do this, get out, you got an MBA. But this program, the people involved with this program care so much about what happens to you and what you're experiencing while you're pursuing that MBA. And I think that's starting generally, but I think it's also true for our executive MBA program sounds like, you know, probably consistent with your experience too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's what makes Star in a very special place is that, is that, I mean, we really are about developing responsible leaders and creating a transformational student experience.
0: So um, we're recording this conversation. It's, it's sunny. It's a beautiful day here in Roslyn. I should note for our listeners who've never been here to Arlington, never rains in Arlington. Uh, It's always, (laughs) always like this, but a beautiful day. Uh, summer is upon us. Um, we're going to have a class show up in August. Um, class of 2021 will be here. Um, for those students who are coming in and listening to this podcast, what would you how would you encourage them to use this time um, to think a little bit about their their career goals or sort of next steps for them?
1: Um, well, I, what I would say is is definitely participate in any of the events and get to know as many of your fellow students before you come because that network and that support is going to be really critical. Um, I did also just want to add on a, on a little bit of a side note is that we've been talking a lot about the women in the program. And what I will tell you, too, is is it's the women and the men working together that really creates the powerful... Kind of environment and and transformational change, and I did want to point out that we we did do we had a meeting um, with students who were looking to switch, and we had a gentleman who was explaining kind of his his, um, his what he does when he goes on informational interviews, and it was this amazing kind of sharing of information, not just amongst the women, but amongst the women and the men. So I did just want to throw that in there, as well as the fact that I know that um, our uh, our the, our associate dean, I hope I've got the title right, but Jim Dietert is very supportive of all students, including all the work that we're doing for women. So anyway, thank you.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely true. Um, you know, that's one of the... I think that's one of the things of, that's true about this program. You get networks within networks, right? So we are somewhat unique in the world of executive MBA programs in that we now have student organizations. Um, there's so many ways for you to be involved. Uh, we have, you know, five six student organizations. We have career reps. We have social reps within a broader class. We have class leadership. Um, this is a place where you can come and build deep relationships with your classmates, have an impact while you're here. Um, we, I know we've had a lot of conversations about, you know, the work y'all are doing with the career reps and what helpful advocates they have been uh, for you and the career team as you're thinking about programming and what kind of programming to offer and sort of building, um, building that out. Um, you know, that, that I think is another thing that's sort of unique about this program is that you see that UVA tradition of student self-governance and student leadership yeah. filter into a working professionals program.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the students, You really do create the culture of the organization within your cohort, as well as are very much almost in charge of your experience in a way. So, yeah.
0: So we were talking a little bit about our admitted students and the value of getting to know your classmates, which I I can't second that enough because we've... By the time school starts, we probably will have had five or six admitted student meetups. Definitely been great to see, you know, some familiar faces every time and some new faces every time. Um, you will typically have one more in the summer months before before the start of school. And just, you know, setting that groundwork now. Um, everybody's so excited. You know, you are about to embark on this together. So that's one great thing to do. Any other career tips for students who are starting this August or things they should consider thinking about in the summer months before everything ramps up?
1: Well, one of the things that we will be doing is we will be doing career kickoff meetings, and those I think are going to be starting the middle of July, where we offer up one-on-one, one-on-one coaching session with you. It's really to get to know you better, to start that relationship. And kind of learn about what you're thinking and or what questions you have around your career so that we can kind of level set on what is really sort of the broader picture for the total class so that we can then develop the programming that really makes the most sense. So we uh, I think we'll be announcing this in the admitted student webinar that's coming up um, and uh, we'll be excited to see and chat with everybody, all students um, during the career kickoff meetings.
0: Yeah, it's always fun. This is the time of year where we're still, we're rounding out the class. We've got a couple more deadlines, so we should note that we're recording this uh, sort of mid-June or so. We're working through uh, June 10 deadline and then June 25 deadline, and uh, that, that'll really be it for the, for the class of 2021. But so we're, we're wrapping up the class, and um, we also are kind of working with the class as, you know, folks who've already deposited about getting ready for the start of school and I mean, this is, this is probably one of the most exciting times of the year. There's a lot, a lot happening, um, but it all starts to, it starts to feel like, oh, things are really coming together. Well, Sarita, thank you for all the work that, that you and, and the team are doing to support our students. I, I tell people time and again that when you come here as a student, you will be supported in so many ways. And certainly the career team does an incredible job of working with students individually to understand their story uh, providing programming and diverse set of programming. I mean, just looking at the roster of things y'all did last year. It's, it's incredible. And, you know, staying engaged and just consistently being an advocate for students, a cheer, a cheerleader for students, accountability coach, all the many ways that you support the students. So thank you for the work that you're doing.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Brett.
0: And that was my conversation with Sarita Saltz, one of the career advisors who support our executive format students. As I previously mentioned, Sarita is a repeat guest here on the Exec MBA podcast, and I encourage you to go back and check out her earlier episodes. Of course, as always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, we're all ears here at the Exec MBA podcast. You can reach us at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. And until next time, thanks for listening.